Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington for Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols. And hey, guess what? Videos play on your phone when you're on the phone, too. Dave Nichols and Doghouse on the phone after the Nationals 3 nothing win over the Atlanta Braves tonight. 13 straight over the Braves in D.C. Chance for a sweep tomorrow with a four-game set. Tonight's story on the mound, though, Dave. Tanner Roark, he had 24 hours' notice. He might have to go. Steven Strasburg just sick, so don't panic, everyone, or make any hothouse flower comments. Roark wasn't particularly hot flower. <laughs> Roark wasn't particularly sharp in the opener last week. Nine hits, three walks, four runs, three earned runs, and four innings pitched against the Fish. Uh, but a big day in there today. Six scoreless on 89. Two seamer really moving nicely. Throws Freddie Freeman on one on the one big chance the Braves had to get a couple runs in with two men on in the fifth. Ends up going seven innings, gets a one six three DP to get out of the seventh when he gets in a little jam there. Hundred pitches total, Dave, and wasn't supposed to start today. Much like a poor guy in Clerk, it wasn't his day to be at work, but he went there, did the job, put a really good start together for the Nationals. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Roark was fantastic, and I want to take nothing away from the performance he did today. The the the, the strikeout he got of Freeman. The one of uh, Kelly Johnson later on, that tailing fastball, just tremendous. He tied up A.J. Krasinski, a veteran hitter, with a slider. Just a really nice job. But this game was also a testament to just how bad the Atlanta Braves are. You know, I knew that they were going to be lousy coming in this year. They just – they had no no recourse whatsoever against Tanner Roark. I mean, they made Roark look like Steven Strasburg or, or Max Scherzer. I mean – he just he mowed him down all night long and had very little very little effort. He went seven in, in 100 pitches, 100 easy pitches. It was just a tremendous performance by a guy on a short notice. Doug House, uh, do you like what you see from Tanner Rourke up in the 300 section? I was watching it on the uh, iPad tonight. looked really good out there. and I was a little concerned that they might have messed him up last year with all the movement back and forth. I'm not going to take any – Final opinions here, two starts into the season, but that uh, was the Tano Roark we see a few, we saw a few years back before that move to the bullpen. Well, I, I mentioned after his last start that uh, there was that uh, analysis of, of contact allowed that showed that he had allowed uh, among the NL East pitchers last season about the weakest contact of, of any of them, and that's including you know everyone on the Mets and a lot of very good uh, very good pitchers. And tonight. We saw a fair bit of weak contact, although actually it was stronger contact than he gave up against the Marlins, but a bunch of it was caught, including by old man Worth. Look at him out there in left field tagging fly balls. That was, it was, you know, like a young Josh Willingham out there showing off his range and, and catch, catching things right out of the air. But I, I, I don't, I don't want to take away anything from, uh, from, from Roark though. He, uh, he, he he doesn't have overpowering stuff, so he's he's he is the the pitch to contact guy in the rotation, and it, it worked out well for him today. You know, on opening day, it did not work out for him well, notwithstanding the fact that you know there were basically almost no hard hit balls out of any of that. Uh, today, he gave up a couple of things that were well hit, but well hit two people, and uh, most of the rest of it playable. So uh, he, he came through seven innings scoreless, at, like they've said, on 100 easy pitches. He was never really in trouble at any point. 
And uh, all in all, a good outing. Hey, the Nationals look like they're having a little trouble with Matt Whistler. They saw him a couple times last year. Uh, he's a serviceable young pitcher. Um, they got to him in the fourth inning, though. Stephen Drew with a home run. Walked to Daniel Murphy with one out. Jason Worth with the home run. Stephen Drew and Clint Robinson in there today. I kind of didn't even notice Clint Robinson going through this lineup, honestly. He didn't do a whole lot, but Stephen Drew came up big. They're able to rest Ryan Zimmerman and Anthony Rendon and still come through with a win here. You're talking about how bad the Braves are, but still a quality game from the Nationals, and really nice to see uh, Stephen Drew there. Signed a one-year, $3 million deal this year after he hit 17 home runs with the Yankees this season. Had a big hit last night, a single before Bryce Harper drove him in for that in that two-run double home run tonight to get them on the board. And He could end up being an important part of this team if there are any injuries or hopefully if he's just coming off the bench and filling in when necessary, brings a little pop to the lineup, a left-handed bat, and can play multiple positions there. It's looking like a nice signing here seven games in. Right. Well, that's why they got him, right, to uh, uh, to come in and, and give guys days off and hopefully not to start because Danny Espinosa is being terrible and Trey Turner isn't ready to come up. But, um, but yeah, you know, nice little bit of pop from him tonight. Um, you know, he's a veteran guy. He's going to be able to give you – um, you know, quality at bats. He might not get on base all the time, but um, but he still made a fair bit of uh, you know power last year. Hit 17 home runs, um, playing semi regularly for the Yankees. So um, yeah, nice to see him get a nice blast. And uh, obviously, um, it, it's it, it's a good sign to see Jason Worth um, you know get some good power on the ball again. We've talked about it a couple of times now. His bat speed is to the point now where he's guessing on everything, and that time. Uh, he guessed and made a hard enough contact and uh, and got one out to, um, you know, a pretty big, pretty deep part, part of the ballpark. So, uh, and also a big ups to Daniel Murphy. I mean, this is a guy that we knew could hit. Um, so far, he's getting on base at a, at a, at a, a terrific clip, drawing walks left and right. I think he's, um, I think he's reached base in, in all but one game that he's played so far this year. So really, he has been more than advertised coming in for the Nats this year. So, guys, we joke about Jason Worth, and his defense is clearly diminished out there. We've been saying that for three years when we didn't like what we saw from him in right field a few years back. And doesn't look great out there in left, but still getting it done. But important for them to get him going, and that bat in this lineup can really make a difference and lengthen it even more. And uh, I just see Chelsea James of the Washington Post quotes him in the post game. Worth, worth on Wow, that's obnoxious. Worth on what his homework could Sorry be moving forward. It can hurt. It can help. Worth says, but it can mean absolutely nothing. So he accepts that he just got one tonight. Got a good, put some good wood on it, knocked it out of the park. Really crushed that home run, though. He had a uh, what's this? <laughs> this post game announcer whose name is escaping me right now. Ray Knight almost cursing on the air. You'll enjoy that clip when you see it. But nice to see Jason <laughs> come up big there, and hopefully a sign of good things to come. Yeah, and. and- Let's let's keep in mind here, uh, Worth still has a good batting eye. Uh, the season is young, but he has walked in 20% of his plate appearances. Right? He's struck out in 20% of his plate appearances, too. But uh, the, the man knows his strike zone. and He's not going to hit things as far out as he did today. That was, what, like five, six rows up into the red porch seats there. That was really a mammoth cloud. But... Uh, we know he can make some contact. He's had some hard hit balls right at people earlier in the season. Um, he's a valuable part of this lineup once he gets producing. And if it's, if it's a matter of timing, I, I think he still has power to the gaps and he's still got the good batting eye. 
and he has his, his fearsome visage with which to intimidate all and sundry uh, officiants and, and fellow competitors alike. And I, I think it's, speaking of old men, I, I think it's uh, interesting to note that I think, and, and forgive me if this jinxes a, a, a potential fourth win in this series, uh, Freddie Freeman is two for the season right now. I don't think yeah. he's had a hit since opening day. Jinxer. Yeah. Hey, I'm just stating facts, not projecting. <laughs> you also allow me to make a smooth transition, Dave, into my Freddie Freeman section of the show. Nationals, of all the impressive things they've done this series, really held him in check so far. going to be a long season for Freddie in this lineup, I think. So as I said the other night, I like a few of the hitters that they have in there, but not a whole lot for Freddie to work with. 0 for 9 after uh, on the series after Ali Perez got him looking in the eighth. Just going to be a, a long season for Mr. Freeman, I, I suppose. And I understand why the Braves are hanging on to him. I could also understand why he probably would want out at this point with all the moves they've made and clearly in a rebuilding stage. Hashtag no such thing as jinx. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, Patrick, I, uh, I'm right there with your analysis of the whole situation there. I think that uh, um, the Freeman's going to be in trouble. I, the only other uh, uh, veteran hitter that they've got in that lineup, A.J. Pierzynski, is, is clearly towards the end of his uh, relatively productive career. And, um, you know, either, either they're going to be able to be able to pitch around him, they're going to be able to pitch under him, they're going to be able to pitch, um, you know, very carefully to him. He's just not going to get a whole lot to hit. And, I think I think his struggles early on this season, um, you know, are a little bit of out of column A and a little bit of out of, out of column B that he's not getting much to hit, and he's probably pressing on top of that. So, yeah, I mean, Freeman's going to have a tough road of it. Um, but uh, this is the the die that, that the Atlanta Braves have cast. They they have gotten rid of all of their major league level talent uh, in order to completely start over once they move into this new ballpark that they've got going on out there in the Georgia suburbs and. Um, you know, you know, like I said, when I started talking about this game, I knew they were going to be bad this year, but they look 120 lost bad at this point. So, I guess, speaking of uh, Oliver Perez getting uh, Freeman looking there in the eighth inning, 11 pitches, two Ks, and a one-two-three frame. Uh, I talked to him this winter at Nats uh, Winterfest about him reinventing himself as a reliever. He talked about how he goes out there and throws all kind of arm angles at the opposing team and tries to do what he can to add a little subterfuge to his game, and this really has been impressive so far. I kind of love watching him pitch. He's just a mess of arms and legs out there and really just frustrates hitters and confuses them on top of it and looks like another good signing for the Nationals so far, having that left-hander out there capable of going a few innings if necessary or just being a loogie guy. Yeah, he's got this weird sort of showmanship aspect to him that's like this strange cross between Levo and Tyler Clippard. I, I kind of like watching it. <laughs> Um, yeah. I, I think this is a, a great a great bounce back uh, given his his last performance was a, a little less stellar. But it, it seems it seems clear that he can he can confuzzle some hitters here, and uh, <laughs> it, it's nice to see him find this second half of his career after the the Mets were no longer willing to pay him twenty million dollars to pitch in in, uh, in Harrisburg for the Nats. <laughs> Jonathan Papelbon goes out for the ninth with a three-one, uh, three-nothing lead. Gives up a hit, but earns another save. Gets an inning-ending six-four-three DP to end it. 
how many pitches he ended up throwing. It was a quick outing by him there. Eight pitches, six strikes, five saves on the year now. Nationals have six wins, just looking like a night. I'm going to say this about everyone I talk about apparently tonight, but uh, looking a lot better right now than he did when the Nationals picked him up last season. He looks in control out there. He's given up some contact, as we've talked about in the first couple games, but he's getting those saves, and that's what counts in the end. Yeah, you talked uh, doghouse, doghouse said confuzzled, but yeah, I mean, Papelbon doesn't have the dominant fastball anymore. Um, he's got to he's got to do some trickeration out there. Uh, gave up some mm-hmm. contact, like you mentioned, but uh, like Dusty said in, in the post game show, if you can drop if you can name drop Ollie Perez, I can name drop Dusty tonight. Uh, Dusty said, you know, he got the job done. The, you know, the, the matter, the fact of the matter is, it might not have been quote unquote as Dusty said, sexy, um, but he got the job done. And as long as he's uh, got the word national or Washington across his chest. Nats fans are going to have to, to be happy when he gets his job done and he got it done, done tonight. <laughs> I'll also note that Dusty's post-game press conferences are quickly becoming one of my favorite aspects of the nightly Nationals experience. Before we wrap up here, we got about a minute and 50 seconds left. Uh, we got a trivia question for the night that I know, once again, neither of you will be able to answer. Dave, you might be able to since I thought you dove into the game notes there, but Nationals entered the night five and one on the season. There's only two other teams in DC baseball history that did that. Can you name the two years that the Senators started five and one? Start with Dave. Go to Doghouse. 1922 and 1931. Negative and negative. Uh, 1968 and 1953. <laughs> oh, your second one was close. The 1951 Senators and the 1913 last ones to start five and one. The Nationals are six and one now after they beat the Braves. Have a chance for the four-game sweep of the series tomorrow night. We'll get the chimney sweep up on the site if they do that, of course. But it's not a jinx to say that we will do something if it happens. I just want to stress that three nothing if, tonight in the Nations capital. And a row. Hashtag no such thing as jinx. Jinx or hash browns. Santa Roark goes tonight. Steven Strasburg tomorrow if he's healthy. If not, they said, like Dave, I think, mentioned earlier, they might have to piece one together with Hughes Marrow Petit in a long role. He was signed to fill, and then we can talk about how that was a signing that's paying off so far as well. That's nightly sponsored by Federal Baseball. Sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow night. Go Nats. I'm puzzled.